podcast talking all things health technology and NHS IT. Welcome to Digital Health Unplugged. Hello and welcome. You are listening to Digital Health Unplugged with me, your host, Jordan Soloff, news reporter at Digital Health. It's time to sound the trumpets because at last it is another news team debrief episode. We haven't done one for a long, long time now, so delighted to be joined by a slightly different lineup. Still John Hoaxford, CEO and Editor-in-Chief at Digital Health and making her hotly anticipated, long-awaited, unplugged debut. We have Andrea Chipman, our news editor, Digital Health. How are you both, first of all, on this fine Friday afternoon as we record? All good? Busy week. Yeah, busy one. Plenty to discuss. Um, we're going to focus, first of all, on the inaugural Digital Health Hour and Data, which took place at the end of October at the Business Design Centre in London. We'll chat a bit about how we found it and our key kind of takeaways and topics and reflections. And we'll discuss a little bit more about the federated data platform as um, the wait goes on for an official announcement and then we'll briefly delve into some other bits of news but we're going to start with AI and data. I want to ask first of all before we delve into I suppose the kind of news and the reflections that we took from it just how we kind of found the event as a whole. Um, so we'll come to you first John as it was well, the first brand one. brand new event for us John. That, actually first of all nice to be back Jordan it's been a mighty long time. <laughs> Too long. Too long, yeah. I mean, I think when we last did um, a news team one, um, Spurs were languishing them in the bottom oh, half okay. of the table. Right? There's the mention of Spurs, yeah. Flying high for now, Spurs. I will leave it at that because there's a few injuries and it, I'll enjoy it while, we're, while it lasts because I think it's not going to last that much longer. Anyway. <laughs> um, so AI Data, new event from Digital Health. Um, and it, it was one that we launched um, because we'd seen such a growth of interest in um, the topic um, and our kind of annual rewired event um, it rapidly become the most popular kind of um, of the theatres. Um, so we broke it out as an uh, as an event two days, um, and that was kind of last week, Monday and Tuesday at the BBC. And we were thrilled. We were super pleased with how many people um, came, how good the kind of um, program was. Um, very different audience. The um, audience um, we get a kind of rewired, you know, um, some overlap, but. A lot more researchers, data scientists, startups, um, a lot more um, junior doctors um, interested in how AI and data can be part of their career. A um, lot of people kind of um, from kind of university kind of um, sector. Um, and I think just a lot of people genuinely curious about, you know, how this is going to kind of um, shape the um, practice of health and care over the coming years. So great program as well. So all credit to the team on that one. Um, and we could have easily kind of packed the um, program twice over with um, with good speakers. So, yeah, very, very pleased with it. Um, team are kind of dusting themselves off and kind of now busy kind of planning um, an even better rewired um, next March. Um, but wow, um, AI and data and all things in between is a very hot topic at the moment. And um, lots and lots of kind of um, good discussion um, on the program um, at AI and data. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's been it's been a hot topic for the whole of 2023, I think, AI. And we said, didn't we, Andrea, that we, we noticed, agree with John, we noticed the slight kind of difference in audience compared to Rewired, which was interesting. So I'm not sure, I don't know if I expected that or not, to be honest, but that was quite nice was to great. see. 
Yeah, I think it was very buzzy. Um, a lot of, as we said, sort of junior doctors who were plotting or planning their their own startups, and and so I think there was a lot of excitement in that sense. But um, but I think as I mentioned, we they we had sort of a bit of a conflicting message for for audiences because on the one hand, as we said, there was a lot of buzz. Um, you know, there was a lot of excitement and 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 some discussion of some of the user cases that you know that are already being. Um, Put put into effect in the in the uh, the NHS, but there was also um, sort of warnings that the NHS is still very cautious. It's very risk averse, and um, so that's going to affect um, kind of how welcome some of some some proposed you know, some of these proposed um, startups are. And there was really a lot of people were, were advised to to form partnerships. Um, there, it's really important to form partnerships within trusts. I think that was one message we heard, um, and. Uh, so I, I, th I think two different two different sides to the to the question and and, and warnings as well as as well as uh, excitement and optimism. Yeah, I definitely got the the kind of the sense of excitement, but also the sense of cautiousness. You know, yeah. Catherine Halliday saying to proceed with caution, and you know, understandably, yeah. I guess that some people have their the fear of the unknown in some way still with AI and and what it's capable of. So, um, yeah, it's never easy to implement stuff in the NHS, is it? So when it comes to AI. Not going to be a simple thing. Um, I, I think it was kind of relatively sophisticated, kind of um, grown-up, kind of um, you know view of kind of AI that was on display across the kind of um, sessions, of kind of um, AI and data. So Catherine Halliday from the Royal College of um, Radiologists, um, you know, she was kind of um, giving short shrift to um, any suggestions that um, AI is going to replace radiologists sometime soon, and saw it very much in the kind of category of. You know, it's another set of tools um, which um, which um, health professionals will kind of um, get to grips with. And yes, there are complex questions around kind of regulation. Um, it, it takes us in some very kind of challenging areas on kind of ethics and um, potential worries about bias and, you know, hallucinating. Your, your usual kind of radiology tools don't tend to kind of um, hallucinate. Um, but I, I felt that most of the conversations were, were done with a kind of um, pretty good level of understanding of, of the issues um, that need to be worked through. Um, similarly, I thought Don Cushman um, from the NHS AI lab, um, you know, was very good at kind of sending out the, the quite kind of um, in-depth kind of supports and, and frameworks which are now being kind of put in place. So I think things have moved on quite a lot um, was one of the things um, I was um, struck by. Um, but, you know, AI data wasn't all about AI. There was lots of data as well. And I think you were going to talk to that one, Jordan. Yeah, obviously, there's Ming Tang speaking. We were we were all hoping for some federated data platform. There was, um, you could sense it in the audience. To, as soon as it got to question time, you could sense what kind of questions were coming. But I suppose nothing juicy, if you like, that we wanted. And Ming Tang updated us on a year on from the release of the data saves lives strategy and kind of the, the work being done there. And she did admit that progress had slowed a little bit there. It's not been as fast as they'd like in some areas. Um, but she said NHS England are going to be working now to a much more fluid and flexible roadmap for data analytics. But um, maybe not what people truly wanted to hear, which was about the FDP. I mean, she said the procurement process is still awaiting for business case approval. So we thought there'd be an official announcement by now. There hasn't been. We don't know the exact dates, um, but yeah, it's, it's it's been probably one of the biggest NHS stories in terms of controversy, anyway. But just 
in terms of buzz and it being talked about in in the whole year i think um and we have a very interesting story that you did john yesterday at the time of recording so that's 9th of november uh, that maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about yeah well it's a pretty short story um and um so it, it's a story that says um in essence um palantir has won the procurement um and that decision has been taken and that an announcement um is imminent um now at the time of kind of recording um 10th of um, november um, we are the only people reporting this um which when you kind of um, have got a, a story is a little bit uncomfortable to be. I mean, we wouldn't have run it unless we um, were pretty confident in the source we had it from. Um, I don't think it would come as any huge surprise to people that Palantir um, um, looked to have won it. Um, but, um, you know, an announcement ha has yet to be made. Now, you know, Palantir, if indeed that proves to be the case, and obviously we, we've said that is the case, um it is still the beginning of a long journey and um, people recall that kind of fvp contract is broken up into four lots um and there's still a couple of the lots um yet to be kind of decided um we have kind of um, um you know seen um, some materials um since which um uh, begin to set out some of the transition period um from the current kind of platform to um to the fdp um to come so certainly there is a lot of kind of planning work underway within the NHS um, to transition to this. So um, yeah, we we are out a bit ahead on this one. It does make me slightly twitchy, but um, we wouldn't have run the story unless we were confident with it. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I think if people think once the official announcement's made that that's the end of the conversation, I think that's not going to be the case, is it? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people that are that we know are. Uh, it's called Foxglove, for instance. Uh, I don't think they have some things to say, and a lot of people in the NHS that would will be unhappy if, if that official announcement is what we think it is. Um, so, yeah. Jordan, you know, um, you know, we're coming up for kind of Christmas, and um, FDP and Palantir is the story that just keeps on giving. Yeah? Um, yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to be writing about it well into kind of twenty twenty four and beyond. Yeah? yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of people that will have things to say um, about that once the official announcement is there. Um, it's not the only news, of course, though, in the world of digital health. Andrew, you've done a, a recent piece, kind of an interview, uh, following the, re the release of the OECD report. Want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, this is the, the Health at a Glance report that they do every year. And this was the first year that they had an entire chapter dedicated to digital health. And it's also the first time that they to sort of identify digital health as a an emerging determinant of health, which is, which is interesting. So I had a, a chat with the senior health economist who wrote, who wrote that chapter, um, Eric Sutherland at the OECD, and and the stories on the wire. But one one of you know the things that was interesting was you know we sometimes make it seem as if the UK is the only country that's that's suffering from sort of the growing pains of I guess of digital transformation, um, and that's not at all the case. If you look at this report, um, a, a lot of different countries are facing different challenges. Um, but and and it's still and generally health systems are still lagging other sectors um, in in terms of digital transformation and, and in terms of product the productivity gains that can be gained from them. One one of the interesting statistics they said was um, I think it was seventy five percent of global fax systems are reportedly used for medical services still. So that that tells you something about where the health uh, sector needs to be in terms of digital. Mm, yeah, interesting piece, please. 
give it a read, listeners, because that is a good one. Um, it, we Can did, I just we... come in on this one, Jordan? Yeah? Um, yeah. What is it with bloody fax machines? Yeah? You know, over the years, <laughs> they are always taken as the kind of litmus of how undigital um, kind of places are. Um, you know, we, we've had um, ban the faxes, dub the faxes campaigns, um, you know, um, that we've covered um, in the past. Yeah? So um, I, I look forward to the day that we don't ever hear about faxes again. But oh, my God, they keep coming back around again. Mm. You can't find them in the shop. So <laughs> there seems to be an agenda against faxes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's true. It's a fair point. That seems to be a symbol of the lack of digitization. Um, we did report on the King's speech, which took, which happened this week or last week, if by the time you're listening to this. Um, but we saw the response to the King's Fund about there being a lack of mention on kind of the Mental Health Act. Uh, I suppose the question is, is that kind of surprising that mental health is still a little bit, I would not, hate to use the word neglected, but, you know, it's, to me in 2023, it's surprising that there isn't a little bit more of an emphasis on it, do we think? I think so. I think it's, you know, um, for a long time, kind of, um, you know, mental health kind of um, has sought kind of parity of esteem. Um, and um, I think there's a lot of disappointment that, you know, it, it's not in the um, King's speech. But, you know, let's not kid ourselves. This is, um, you know, a um, government that's running nearly on empty and um, not exactly kind of... Um, you know, full of vim and vigour. Um, it's perhaps mm. not surprising that kind of um, there wasn't a huge amount kind of um, in there. Um, I think they're just hoping to get through the winter with the NHS without things deteriorating too much further. Um, so, um, yes, disappointing, surprising, probably not. I think that's a fair comment. And uh, yeah, it's not surprising, especially with the the pressures and talk of, talk of NHS pressures. Um, it hasn't stopped the bonanza of EPR contracts awards and and rollouts i'm just gonna run through a few now that we've covered in the last one one to two months i guess and um, we had university hospitals of derby and burton and chesterfield royal hospital announcing nerve center as their preferred supplier for a new joint epr system um, we had wolverhampton royal wolverhampton nhs trust big 10-year epr deal with system c now i've recently spoken uh, to the CEO of System C. That's quite interesting because he spoke a little bit about the market and where he sees System C within that. Because I asked him about the dominance. I don't hate to use the word dominance, but you know we see a lot with Epic and, and Oracle Cerner. And he said, you know, one size doesn't fit all in terms of EPRs. There is room for different sized uh, EPR providers, I guess. Um, so there's no fear for, for him of kind of being squeezed out, I suppose. But, you know, we don't see loads of contracts towards the system c do we but that was a interesting to do and there will be a an extended piece maybe by the time you listen to this um we had oxford health as well go live with the access rio epr at the end of october um we had a slightly different story which was more of a pause of a launch that was university hospitals coventry and warwickshire they temporarily put the brakes on uh, their oracle epr system launch um that was again as expected due to doctors' logins not working apparently. So there's some IT system issues for you. Royal Cornwall Hospitals as well, they gonna design and develop a new EPR system uh, in a partnership with Oracle Health. So again, it's a slightly different one, isn't it? So kind of be involved in the design process, I guess. 
Um, so yeah, plenty of EPR. That's never going to stop, is it? Really, the you know the bog standard stories for us. But despite the pressures, I guess there's that the, those original targets weren't there of um, the EPRs by December 2023, which we're not going to get matched. I think there's new targets now for 2024. Um, but yeah, I can't keep up with the EPR targets. This at the moment, it's just constant. John. Well, just to unpack that um, a bit, Jordan. So, um, you know, historically, we are seeing a lot of market activity and contract awards um, by um, NHS kind of trusts um, for EPR. And, um, you know, remember, this is tied to kind of um, initiative setting training two to three years ago on levelling up, on, um, you know, targeting those kind of um, those trusts that um, you know don't have EPRs or don't have much of a kind of um, an EPR. So what we're seeing is kind of um, you know a wave of activity that was begun a couple of years back and is feeding through the system. Um, and you know th these are historically high numbers of contract awards. Um, now I think one of the really interesting things for 2024 is how much is that going to um, continue? Because we're sitting here in some instances where um, trust boards under huge financial kind of um, strain are saying well let's just let's just kind of hold fire on that so that's one so you know th this is the whole kind of stuff around kind of leveling up digital maturity and convergence um you know playing through the system um and pretty effective you know it's it's had the desired kind of impact the second bit though is that you know Probably the last time we did a um, Houston kind of roundup, um, we were talking about kind of um, Epic and um, Oracle Cerner, um, pretty much kind of um, having the market kind of stitched up between them. We're seeing much more diversity in um, the most recent kind of contract awards. And one you didn't mention was Norfolk and Waverley, where you've got um, a group of trust um, that have all chosen Meditech. So some of the recent ones um, that have been awarded System C, uh, Meditech Nerve Center as new kid on the block. The um, contract for Derby and Burton is a very significant kind of deal for them. That's the first kind of real full trust EPR um, that they've been awarded. Um, a lot of people um, like um, Nerve Center, like their vision of where they're going. Um, we, um, you know, um, also kind of, um, you know, had some announcements around kind of um, Epic going live in London with the um, Apollo kind of program at Guys in St. Thomas's and, and King's. So there's life left in this market, both in, in numbers of contracts being awarded, but a broader range of kind of suppliers kind of, um, you know, uh, picking up deals. And um, I think that's really interesting to watch. And um, remember that these are the least digitally mature trusts um, that are currently kind of awarding contracts. And um, I think for a lot of them, the, the kind of, you know, price tag asked for a kind of Oracle or kind of Epic, it's too steep. They're looking for alternatives. And um, we're beginning to see kind of them award contracts, um, which are kind of, you know, more um, in line with um, the sort of resource they have available. Um, so for me, that those are two really interesting trends, which, um, which appear to be playing out here. Yeah, for sure. It's certainly not a dominance of those Obviously, they're the big ones, but the two US players, there is just a dominance that is spread around a little bit in those providers. I remember Vin Devaka said at summer schools as well that I think the new target now is for every NHS trust to have one by March 2026. So that shifts back, doesn't it, those targets a little bit. But we'll have to see through 2024 um, whether it's sustained, those kind of number of EPR go lives. Um, 
Right, so we did want to talk about our new daily coffee news briefing, which has kind of replaced our industry roundup a bit, but um, as of recording, 25 editions we've done. Um, maybe Andrew, you want to speak just a little bit about why we decided to bring in the coffee briefing? Well, we were trying to get some of the, I guess, the smaller news bites out in a more timely fashion, but also maybe expand on on what we're reporting, you know, to people. Um, and so I think we've, it's really been a good opportunity to, to, to look at, at what's happening sometimes outside the UK, but also just in, in, in other areas that we wouldn't, we wouldn't normally cover. Um, and, and, you know, to look at some stats, um, to look at some longer form, um, stories that, that, that might be interesting for readers. Um, and I, I think that would, and I, I think so far we, we, we're interested in hearing what, what readers think. Um, and you know, if, 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 if they think the sort of the format works and so. Yeah, absolutely. John, anything to add there? No, I think it's a really nice, um, innovation. We, we, um, um, we have kind of like inboxes groaning with kind of, um, releases and announcements. Um, hmm. and, um, and I think finding a vehicle, which kind of, um, wraps up a broad range of those. Um, and it's not such a kind of, you know, either we write story, we don't write story, but, you know, with, you know through news and briefs, um, we're picking up on a, a range of things and some of them quite amusing. I think, you know, the cat that sat on a keyboard and took down a U.S. hospital was one of my favourites uh, that's been included <laughs> in uh, Coffee Time. Um, real story, folks. Check it out. Um, um, yeah. But we'd love to hear from readers and, and we want to hear um, from readers and listeners, um, you know, they're, they're kind of... Um, you know, small items, what's caught their attention, what's interested them. So, you know, if there's anything, folks, that you'd like us to kind of include, um, do email at news at digitalhealth.net. Absolutely, yeah. We'd love people to get in touch and get involved. Um, time always flies on these podcasts. Um, we're thinking about Rewired as well. There will be news coverage coming from pretty much this point onwards, we hope. Um, what is it, 18 weeks now, John? It soon comes around. I think you'll um, find it, it's slightly less than that. It's uh, March it? 12th and 13th um, next year. Um, the program is um, shaping up really well. Um, we've got some really exciting kind of announcements. So I think you're going to be hearing a lot more about that, but I'm going to keep our powder dry. But if you haven't got the dates marked in your diary yet, 12th and 13th of March, um, NEC Birmingham, it's going to be an absolute cork of a rewired. Be there. Yes, be there. Be the best yet. Um, Thank you very much, John and Andrea, on their debut for, for coming on the podcast. We will 100% be doing uh, news team debrief episodes on a much more regular basis from now on, specifically throughout 2024. They will not just be annual because I don't think that does anyone good. And uh, yeah, we like we like talking about the news and what we write about, of course we do. So it needs to be on a more regular basis. Um, Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. This will be available to listen back to on all the usual podcast platforms. We'll be back very soon with another episode. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to Digital Health Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favourite podcast platform. And to find out about our latest news and events, head to our website, digitalhealth.net.